Hi, sisters. We are back with part four of John chapter one. This will be the final teaching of that chapter. We're going to be doing verses 37 through 51. And I'm really excited about this one. I think it really challenges us to really look at ourselves and say, have we changed since meeting Jesus? Has it caused us to want to go and tell people about Jesus Christ and what he's done for us? Or do we hide our light under a basket? So I pray that this teaching blesses you. Hi, family. Welcome to God's Word Transforming Lives. Are you wanting to learn the Bible verse by verse, one letter at a time, with real life application? Then this podcast is for you. My name is Amy, and I have been teaching the Word of God to women for over 15 years now. I came out of some trauma from my childhood, and it left me feeling so empty. And after searching high and low with everything the world had to offer, I always came up short until I learned the Word of God for myself. And it was in that that I became transformed. So if you would like to be transformed by God's Word, then stick around and let's do this together. Did you know that I have a study guide that I have written, sisters just like you, who really want to know the deeper things of God, who want to understand God's attributes like love, God is truth, God is righteous, he's just. What does it mean that he's omnipresent and omniscient? And what does that mean for you personally? When people talk about Jesus and being justified and sanctified and to be redeemed, and how can you apply it to your daily life? And so many other questions, like can we really trust the Bible? And who are we as man? Is hell real? These are great questions that we need to know the answers to as we are walking in our Christ-like faith. To love him is to know him. And Jesus said that we will be worshiping him in spirit and truth. And it is the truth that sets us free. So if you want to go deeper in your walk with God and have more understanding of the things that he has truly done for you and know more of the word for yourself, I highly recommend this study guide. I will have a link for you in the show notes on where you can get it. It is on Amazon and it's called Equipping the Saints. I hope this episode blesses you. So the two disciples heard him speak and they followed Jesus, okay? Then Jesus turned and seeing what following said to him, what do you seek? Now, of course, God knew what they sought, so don't worry about that. They said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, uh, where are you staying? He said to them, come and see. And they came and saw where he was staying and remained with him that day. Now it was about the 10th hour. So they basically, they left John. Now they're with Jesus. And one of the two heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. One of the two, I want you guys to know this. Andrew, which is Peter's brother, was the, was the first one. And then he said there was another one, but he didn't no. say who it was. Does anybody know why he didn't say who it was? It was him. Because it was him. Because John, who wrote this gospel, was so humble and so focused on Jesus, he didn't even want to put his name in there, that he was the other disciple of John the Baptist, who now was with Jesus. I mean, there was two disciples. One was Andrew. That was it. That's all he said. Right? Oh, okay. That's humility. That's humility. He remained humble in that moment and just said, Andrew, and then some other guy, which was him. He first found his own brother, 
And I love this. He first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, now this is Andrew. Andrew went and found Peter, okay? We have found the Messiah. We found him, which is translated the Christ, the anointed one. That's what Christ means, the anointed one, the one that's being, that has been prophesied about for 4,000 years. We found him, and he brought him to Jesus. Now, when Jesus looked at him, he said, you are Simon, the son of Jonah. You shall be called Cephas, which translation is the stone. So this is when Jesus immediately changes Peter's Simon's name into Peter, and Peter is who we know now when we talk about Peter. But what I loved about that was he immediately went and grabbed his brother and like, oh my gosh, we found the Messiah. This should be our passion, you guys. When you get born again and you chains fall off and you get delivered and you get set free and you had a true encounter with Jesus Christ, you should want to tell everybody you know. I found the Messiah. I found the answer, you guys. I found the answer to your drugs. I found the answer to your alcohol. I found the answer to your sex outside of marriage. I found the answer to your adultery. I found the answer to your sickness. I found the answer. But what happened? I, there's like this disconnect in America. We get saved, supposedly, and we hide our light under a basket. And it couldn't be because... We're not actually having a supernatural encounter with the living God. Could it be that we're buying a religion or a religious experience, but we've never actually had an encounter with Jesus Christ? Because I will tell you, I, for much of my so-called Christian walk, I had a religious thing I would say the sinner's prayer over and over again. I would think I was saved. I thought I was saved, but I was in such bondage. I was in such chains, and there was no supernatural nothing going on inside of me. Nothing had changed in my life, which actually caused me, after 16 years of living like that, finally caused me to lay down everything I thought I knew about Christianity and I thought I knew about Jesus Christ. And I said, I am not even going to step foot in a church for a while. It's going to be me and this Bible. I knew Jesus was real, but there was a huge disconnect because I didn't believe from what I read in this Bible, I wasn't experiencing it inside of church. I wasn't experiencing it in my life. There was, I could not find what I was reading in this Bible in, in, my, in my reality of Christianity. And it wasn't until I finally laid down everything I thought I knew that God opened up the floodgates of who he really was. And that's when I found out I wasn't really saved. I was the Matthew 7, 21 through 23, where I would have said, Lord, Lord, didn't I do all these things? I was under a strong delusion because I refused to believe the truth. I bought into a lot of false gospels and false teachers. And then he truly saved me. And when he saved me, he delivered me from all those things that plagued me for 16 years. And so I had a super natural encounter with the living God. And I was truly born again. And let me tell you, from that day on, I wanted to tell everybody, Simon, I found the Messiah. You can't shut me up now. Because religion, it's dead. There's no fire there. But a supernatural encounter with Jesus Christ will transform your life forever. Exactly. So now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses and the law and all the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. 
Joseph. So here, so here we are again. Philip, he get he, Jesus follow me. He found the Messiah, and what's he do? Go and grabs his BFF, right? Immediately, I've got to go get Nathaniel. Oh my gosh, I found the Messiah again. You see that heart where they're just they want to get this message out, guys. If you truly think that you have something supernatural and you have the cure for your best friend's sin issue, why are we not telling everybody? Why are we not, or why are we doing it like this? Oh, I found Jesus. I have Jesus. Yeah, he's kind of, I like, yeah, I go to church on Sunday. <laughs> Boy, that's exciting. I want to hang out with you and your Jesus, right? I mean, there should be a passion about the believer. There should be a passionate, something different. There should be something different. There was something different about Jesus that caused these people to lay down everything and follow him. There should be something different about the born-again believer that's filled with the Holy Spirit of God where people are like, they're either going to hate you or really want to know what's going on, right? Because we're like a new fragrance now, and that fragrance either is like death, it's a stench to those who are dying, but it's a beautiful aroma to those who God is saving. Right? Okay. So um, then he says, and Nathaniel said to him, can anything good come from Nazareth? And basically, Nazareth was a poor city, and Galilee was like the upper enchilant. So it would be like me going, um, I mean, can anything really come good out of Akron? And that's basically what he was saying there was that... Uh, like, okay, our Messiah came from that dirty town, from that poor town. That's what he's saying here. But I want you guys to catch something else, though. How much, sometimes in our, in our religiousness, do we go, can anything good come out of the strip club? Can anything good come out of the bar? Can anything good come out of prison? Yeah. Guess what? Jesus came for the least of these. Do you notice? Do you know who the disciples and the apostles were? None of them were Pharisees. None of them were the priests. None of them. They were all lowly, poor, least of these type fishermen. Jesus said, I did not come for the righteous. I came for the sick. I came for the broken. I came for the downtrodden and the oppressed. So guess what? There's a lot of good people that can come out of the strip clubs for Jesus Christ and the prisons. And the homeless. And the drug addict on the street. Right? right? Now they don't become good people until Jesus saves them. But let me tell you, there's yeah, good can come out of that. And that's likely where a lot of them are because that's who Jesus came for, the sick. He didn't come for the people behind the pulpit that think they're too good for the real Jesus. He didn't come for the people. Not that everybody's behind the pulpit's like that. That's not what I'm saying. Please don't misunderstand that. I'm just saying we have a lot of religious people out there they just think they're too good for, I mean, I went to a church not long ago, not recently though, because some of you would think I was talking about a certain ministry years ago. I went to a ministry that Steve and I had discussed the fact that, you know, we want to be out on the streets and we're doing, we're feeding the homeless. We're doing some of the street ministry, but we both fully admitted that we couldn't bring these people into the ministry that we were, the church that we were at. They wouldn't fit in. They would have been looked at and scoffed at. So that's what I want you guys to understand. The least of these, Jesus came from the least. matter of fact, he said the, the last will be first and the first will be last. And I've told this, Stephanie and I and Stephen, I've talked about this before. There are people that I know that, you know, the world has deemed them the least of these, that their mansions will be bigger than mine. Jesus, when you watch his ministry, where did he go to? The lepers, the woman with blood for 18 years that she was so rejected by everyone because she was unclean, so she couldn't have had any type of life. You know, that's who he ministered to, the prostitutes, the demon-possessed, 
right? The one, the outcast of society. And so let us not get so religious in our religious box and think that we're somehow self-righteous and because we should all wear these three-piece suits and all look. No, get out there and be the church and know that, yes, something good can come out of the strip club. Yes, something good can come out of the bar. But we all have a past to being sinners. There's nobody in here that wasn't born a sinner. So Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom there is no deceit. And he was just saying, you know, he recognized Nathaniel as being actually a pure Israelite. He was just somebody who, he wasn't tainted by the Pharisees and their hypocrisy and their lies. They were using people. He was actually like really loved God, the God of Israel. And he, and he, was, he was just generally a good guy. Nathaniel said to him, how do you know me? And Jesus answered him, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. And the fig tree, um, I guess the branches would have been lay, laying down really low and nobody right. would have saw him. So he's like, how in the world did you see me? So then Nathaniel answered, now I'm going kind of quick. Nathaniel answered and said to him, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. And I love this right here. Guess what? Jesus didn't deny it. Don't you think? Because that's blasphemy. Right. Jesus would not have been a part of blasphemy if he was not God. Because you would have been stoned to death. And we're going to see that even more in John, how Jesus doesn't deny it. As a matter of fact, the Pharisees even wanted to stone him at one point for calling himself God. And so that's really important because you have the right. JWs to say he wasn't, he's not God, right? Or he's a God, but not the God, right? And so it's really important to know who Jesus is. So Jesus answered and said to him, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree. Do you believe? Will you see greater things? You will see greater things than, than this. And I'm going to say this because you guys all know I'm funny. So anybody's watching live, just forgive me. He, you know what he just said here? Hold my beer and watch this. <laughs> exactly. Because that's like the little funny saying. Everybody says, hold my beer and watch this. I'm going to really show you something. Well, that's what he's saying here. You think because I saw you under the fig tree and because I prophesied to you a little bit? Oh, it's about to get rowdy. He's like, you just wait, Nathaniel. But, he, but I said, um, but in... in because he's getting ready to go to the wedding here in the next chapter. So next week, next time we're together, we'll do chapters two and three. Now he's getting ready to show them real miracles, right. something they have never seen before. And he says, most assuredly. And whenever Jesus says most assuredly, assuredly, he's saying, amen, amen. Or let it be so, let it be so. This is going to happen, basically. So when he says most assuredly, he's saying this is going to happen. I say to you hereafter, you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the son of man. He's referring back to Genesis 28 when Jacob, the angels were ascending and descending upon Jacob. He's, they would have known that because they were, he was talking to a Jewish audience. But he's saying, listen, the heavens are about to open up and you guys are about to see things you've never seen before. The sun, it's about to get really rowdy here, guys. And it's, it's going to be amazing. Go I'm going to show you exactly who I am. I'm going to show you exactly why I came. And then guess what? I'm going to endow you with the same power to go and do the same thing. What? Wait till this goes viral. What? <laughs> right? Jesus would have gone viral, y'all. He would have gone viral. But the thing is, that same power that he's about to start demonstrating lives inside of us. And we need to start asking God to use us more to present and to tell about a supernatural God who changes lives. And you guys, a lot of you here, are witnesses to the lives that have been dramatically changed by one touch with Jesus. Right? I know I am. And I know some of your testimonies. So there's that. So that is the end of John chapter 1. So Father, I ask that you use us in a supernatural way this week.
that, Father, you would remind us of that excitement when we first met you and how you transformed our life. And we had an encounter with you that was so supernatural and so exciting. The Messiah has come. The Lamb of God came and has saved us and made a way for us when there was no other way. And Father, that you would just reignite that in us through the Holy Spirit, that you would just give us another infilling of your Holy Spirit, that we would go out with boldness and tell people that the Messiah has come to save the world. You are the only solution to every problem any one of us have, God. And we are your carriers of the ministry of reconciliation. We have the true vaccine that will work for all of humanity and the sin issue that we're all plagued with. But Lord, if there's no preacher to preach, how will they hear? And so, Lord, forgive us for every time we have hid our light under a basket or we've been too afraid to step out and tell somebody the good news and just reignite that boldness in us, God, that we would go and tell our friends and our neighbors and our family members, I met a man named Jesus. He's the Messiah. He's here. He's come and he's coming back. So thank you, Lord, for using us in mighty ways, this week and every week to come. Bless my sisters, Lord. Bless their finances and their homes, their marriages, their relationships, their, their children, God. We pray for our lost loved ones to know you as Lord and Savior. We pray over health issues, Father, that you would bring healing and restoration to them, Lord. I thank you for what you're doing in each and every one of their lives, God. And I thank you that I am a part of their faith journey with you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, sisters. Family, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If it has blessed you in any way, would you give me 30 seconds and share it with a friend of yours? One more small little favor, if you would. Head over to whatever podcast source you're listening to this on and give me a five-star review. That would be so great. It helps get the episodes out there to other people who may be wanting to learn God's Word. Again, don't forget, guys, until next time, it is a crockpot faith, not a microwave. With God's Word, discipleship, and patience, you too will be transformed for His good work. Grace and peace, I leave with you until next time.